Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night, lovely listeners, and welcome to the Dreaded Lurgy with Lara van Lelyveld and Kylie van Sale, or at least most of her. Oh, where's the rest of her? I don't know. Somewhere <laughs> floating around the outer rings of Saturn right now. <laughs> so I take it that if I were to ask you how you are, it would be a resounding not so well. Nothing's actually wrong. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those, you know, lots of little niggles. Also, um, possibly in revenge for my remarks during the dengue fever episode right at the beginning of this podcast, every mosquito in the province where I live has made it their business to feast upon me between midnight and 3 a.m. And let me tell you, I have lost all resistance to their amino acid itchy making anticoagulant businesses and I am itchy so itchy how are you (laughs) well itchy is kind of the theme of our show which is exciting so that's I'm gonna pull that as a positive good yes I'm in keeping and I am well adjacent the usual kind of well that you can be during lockdown and also I shaved my head you did shave your head I think it's a good look I am rocking it in ways that it's. I thought it was going to be my Britney 2007 moment, but it, it's not. I actually look quite cute. Didn't Britney look cute? She always looks cute. She's Britney Spears, but that was not her shining happiest moment. Oh, no, no. She was going through a bit of a thing. Um, it's true. It's true. I have been. I was nearly chucked out of a moving car for being mean about Britney Spears once. I've been in trouble about being mean about Britney Spears several times, despite the fact that I never say anything that mean. I don't mind Britney Spears. You are living on the edge, Kylie Bansale. Living on the edge. No, really. I was nearly thrown out of a moving vehicle. Oh dear. I have to question some of my choices of friends. <laughs> Do you know what can't throw you out of a moving vehicle? No, tell me what. A fungus. It probably make you wish you'd fall out. It probably make you wish that you would just fall out because they itch like mad. Um. So, th- listeners, in case you haven't noticed by that delicious segue we just gave you from Kylie's pop culture uh, heresy, pop culture moment of near death. Thank you. <laughs> we are going to be talking about fungi today. Specifically, the fungi that enjoy living on your skin. Oh, and I have I have a joke. I have a joke. Laura, Laura, Laura. Why did the mushroom go to so many parties? I don't know why. Because he was a fun guy. How did I not see that coming? How I did know. I not see that coming? I planned it days ago. Days. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't put it in the running order, frankly. <laughs> So I have actually experience with this fun guy, specifically ringworm, Oy. which when I was in standard five, I was convinced was an actual worm living in my skin. Oh. And to my best recollection, nobody told me it wasn't a worm. Bastards. That's the first thing you tell people. Don't panic. So it's mean. not an actual worm. Really mean. Who did you see about this thing? My mother. and she was super chill about it which I probably I might be blanking out the fact that she probably did say Laura it's not a worm 
But parents tell you things all the time that are not true. Yeah, they do. They do. It'll be fine. He's gone to live on a farm. Tooth Fairy is real. <laughs> this isn't going to hurt at all. And you'll need uh, maths later. That's another thing you get oh. told. <laughs> Unfortunately, that one has proven to be true in my life. I have used maths, including Pythagoras' theorem. It's worse when they're right. And <laughs> it is worse. <laughs> okay, so um, this ringworm you had, you were a young teen. Presumably you were at school. I was at school. I remember it, having it at a school gala, which is, I mean, a school gala is horrifying enough as it is when you oh, are yeah. in standard five and in a swimming costume. I mean, it's never a good time for anybody to be 13 and in a swimming costume in public, at, surrounded by one's schoolmates, if I, if my experience is anything to go by. And um, then you had large itchy patches as well. Well, just here's the thing. I'm a bit of a drama queen. I had one patch. But it was a it was a patch and and as far as that's the only event I can remember having it, so I think it probably went away pretty quickly. Where where on your person was this patch? On my arm. Ooh, front and center. So I couldn't hide it. But I found out that so when we were doing the research for this, I found out that I didn't have well, I had ringworm, but ringworm actually has a really fun name. Tinea corporis. Correct, Amundo. Um, Which, ding, 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 I'm going to guess the Latin. Uh, Tinea is worm, which is not encouraging Latin, thank you. And corporis is body. So, body worm. Okay, well, since you have all this Latin hanging around in your vocabulary, I forget that you're a bit of a linguist. Um... We go, I'm going to make you guess the other Latin names then, because there are a bunch of them. Okay, I'm ready. Um, and it's, medic, it's medical Latin, which is partly Greek at times, so this is going to be an interesting learning curve for both of us. <laughs> right. There are five different types of tinea, at least. Um, and, okay, tinea corporis is worm of the body. <laughs> what about tinea pedis? Pedis? How does one pronounce this word? Um, I have. Uh, it's a dead language, so we can say it however we like. That's my personal theory. Uh, Tine Pettis, I would say footworm. Oh, footworm. That does not sound good. That does not sound good. That is correct. That is unfortunately exactly. Um, that is also known, I believe, as athlete's foot. Yes. Okay. Here's another fun one. Tinea capitis. Oh, that's head. That has to be head. Headworm. Headworm. Headworm sounds like a band. Ringworm is a band. They're a punk band. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to veer off into left field with onychomycosis. How about that? Um, some kind of infection and something to do with the nails. Wow. Okay. You are not kidding around. Definitely something to do with the nails. Yes, that is a fungal infection of the nail bed. Uh-huh. And um, one I think that our listeners will perhaps want to put down the sandwich for. Uh, this is perhaps an episode where you don't want to dine while listening or maybe eat anything with noodles in it, despite the fact there are no actual worms involved. All right, Laura. I'm ready. The, the what's the, the, tutti de capo di 
Tutikapper of Tinea's Tinea Cruris. <gasps> this one I love and I hate because it could be so much more gross than it is. Uh, and I'm disappointed by the Latin word chosen to represent this one because Cruris is leg or shank. But it's actually not about the leg or shank. This is all about the groin. This is a groin worm, a.k.a. jock itch. I am repulsed. <laughs> repulsed. Okay, here's one more. Yes. Here's one more. This is a very particular sort of, it is a, it is a subtype of uh, Tinea corporis. Um, it is often found in people who are simultaneously experiencing Tinea cruris. It is Tinea corporis gladiatorum. <gasps> um, so something this self-aggrandizing can only be something that men get, and men like wrestling. So I'm imagining close quarters with other people's groins. It's got to be rugby or it's going to be wrestling. And like, it's an occupational hazard. It's wrestling and other and other combat sports um, that involve rolling around on mats. Unfortunately, it also um, affects people who do yoga from time to time. Although yoga tends not to be as likely to give you ringworm as wrestling does, possibly because it's less butch. <laughs> more often, there's no masculine um, currency to be had from doing yoga and being sweaty and gross. Whereas being sweaty and gross and sort of never changing your underwear is very much a teenage boy thing which is who wrestling is um, popular with I believe okay I had no idea you had that much Latin it's um, it's a beautiful surprise to all of us it's very handy you must be killer at crosswords I am okay. very good so let's play symptom bingo can we can we can we I'm ready symptom bingo I, it, the trouble is, listeners, I don't remember. I mean, I had everything. I just don't remember having everything. I have no memories below the age of about, like, nine, which is really fucking with my ability to play symptom bingo with Laura because, um, sadly, I don't remember anything that happened to me, um, which is kind of sad. Okay, right. Did you have... Okay, you had a rash, you said. Yes, it was... It really did look like there was a worm in a circle moving ever outward on my poor, poor arm. Ever outward on your poor, poor arm. <laughs> um, was it ring-shaped? Absolutely, definitely. Was it scaly? Unfortunately, yes. Tragic. And I'm assuming it itched like a mad bastard. Like an angry, angry, angry mosquito bite. Dear God. Okay, you definitely had ringworm. Now, there are a lot of other um, things you could have had, but I think it's the ring-shaped thing which uh, makes it definitely ringworm. That's known as an annular rash. An annular is just Latin for ring-shaped. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all my Latin. I have no more Latin. Um, cool. It's very simple. That's it. It's red. It's red. It's itchy. It's on your skin. It forms a ring. Don't freak out. As we've said, not a worm. But now, how did fact, I get it? Well, uh, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a thing. It's to see, it's a fungal infection of the outer layer of the skin, right? Ooh. So another name for ringworm is 
dermatophytosis. And a dermatophyte is a fungus that lives on the derm, which is the skin. So a plant that lives on your skin. Um, and you could have got it... Well, it's unfortunate that you were at a gala with it because otherwise, if it had it appeared after the gala, you could have blamed the gala for it because it's very commonly found in changing rooms um, uh, and spas and salons, anywhere where it's sort of moist and warmish. Um, you were in Johannesburg at that time, and so it's warm summers. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere that's kind of like not actively cold. Fungi are very, very hardy. They can live in a lot of environments. Um thing is, I don't know which kind of one you had, because there are three types that cause uh, ringworm, and um, some of them originate with animals, some of them originate with soil, some of them originate on contaminated objects. Well, they don't originate there, they get transferred there, and then you pick them up. So the three main genera of dermatophytes that cause what we call ringworm are trachophyton, Microsporum and epidermophyton. Trichophyton is uh, mostly on the head. Trico is Latin for hair, I believe. Hair, mm. hair. I don't know. I'm asking you. Yes, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes in my. Oh, okay. in my... you are our, our, our linguistic resource is Lauren. If Lauren doesn't know, then we are all lost. Oh um, dear, there are patches in my knowledge, everyone. So this could go wrong. Yes, but your medical Latin is is fantastic. Uh, the other one is epidermophyton, which is mostly found on your epidermis, which is the outer layer of your skin. Even I know that. And then we have the microsporum. Um, and you could have had any of those. But uh, the thing is that some of them are more common than others. So you probably had um, one of the trichophyton species. And you could have got it off a contaminated uh, hairbrush a towel, a surface, a household pet. I, I feel that people shouldn't blame their cats and dogs for this because um, they've got to catch it from somewhere. You can get it off farm animals um, and you can get it uh, from just playing in the dirt, which is how children often get it. Yes, they that would get it. That might explain uh, me. And also contact with, also contact with other infected people. Uh, why hey. would that explain you? Because I was often playing in the dirt and the mud and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much tomboy. Skin worms, intestinal worms. The soil is a the soil and the, the soil is a haven of many things that want to dine upon our corporeal systems. Um, older people, as we've discussed, often get it off uh, each other and um, tanning beds. If you don't clean them properly, you are supposed to clean them properly. A lot of tanning salons do not. You are supposed to have a rigorous cleaning schedule. Not let everybody's. Can you sweat in a tanning? Have you ever been in a tanning bed? No. I have. It was a glowing hell. I have seldom hated an experience more. Um, Why were you on a tanning I, bed? Oh, God, it's a long story. Um, basic t- TLDR my mother and many of my friends decided that I needed to be tanned for the matric dance, which is the prom for any foreign listeners. And if you've ever clapped eyes on me, you will know that that was like trying to tan a grub. It <laughs> didn't work. I do not tan. It is not in my genetic. I can't, no matter how hard I try, get a tan. It's not a thing. I, ca- I cannot run a four minute mile and I cannot tan. It's not a thing of which I am physically capable anyway. And all, I gave into peer pressure and I went to a fucking tanning salon. And next thing I knew, I was off school for three days with some horrible skin reaction, which was not ringworm. And that's when I discovered that I get really, 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 really high of antihistamines, which 
As far as I know, it's not a typical reaction. Huh. Anyway, yeah. Also, you can get ringworm off uh, improperly maintained, improperly clean saunas, um, public baths, gyms, showers, and popularly dojos and wrestling gyms. So if you do not spritz the mat with a bactericide or a fungicide or a virobicide or whatever the hell you're supposed to clean it with and do that regularly, this will live on everything you touch forever. Jesus. And if you are wearing a wrestling singlet, which usually spandex and clinging tightly to the anatomy, it will live on that forever too. I don't. I think you're supposed to wash those things fairly rigorously because you sweat in them, right? So I've never done wrestling, and thank God, never worn a spandex leotard. But you are supposed to wash this shit fairly, fairly thoroughly. I would assume not just hanging out in the sun every time. Like when you use it, you wash it. Wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't you wash it like as? Wouldn't you just like bleach the bejesus out of it? Because I mean, it gets dirty. You're rolling around on the floor. You're rubbing up against somebody else all the time. You're sweating. Anyway, ugh. um. Other people that get it are animal handlers, like people who do grooming and farm workers and um, children. And children get everything, Ooh. as we know. Yeah. No, it's a, it is a movable feast. Everybody, something like 20% of the world's population has ringworm at any given time. It's very common. That's wild. And it's going to make what I tell you next even more wild. Because Kylie, oh. you know I like to have presents for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm worried now. <laughs> What possible gift could you give me that involves ringworm? Well, I'm going to give you the history of ringworm in medicine. Okay, this is truly a gift. I am all ears. So the first mention of something that could have been ringworm was in 400 CE by the Romans. And they claimed that it was a mothworm giving a moth-eaten appearance to the scalp, focusing predominantly on the scalp. Okay. But we do have a problem of vocab because in during the Italian Renaissance, any kind of scalp or head infection was called tinea. Oh. So tinea has been a bit of a movable feast in terms of what it actually describes. The term yeah. ringworm was first used in the 16th century in England. But it's the treatment that blows my tiny, tiny mind. Do I need to assume the brace position? I think it's safe. I think it's safe to assume the brace position, uh, just given what I'm about to tell you. Brace, brace. (laughs) 1641 in France, Guy de Choliac, he decides that the best way to deal with a ringworm on your head, or tinea capitis, is to rip the hair out. No, God, no, what? Ow. Uh, 19th century France takes it up a whole other notch, and they've decided that the pitch helmet, so bitumeny, tarry, hot stuff poured onto your head, worn for two oh. to three days. And oh, then, of course you're wearing it for two to three days. You can't get it off. It's melted onto your head. But then you have to remove it, Kylie, and it removes everything. Including your scalp, I'd imagine. Parts of your scalp, certainly. I don't know how a delicate scalp would survive a pitch helmet. Jesus, God. Children might end up being patients, inpatients in institutions for up to two years because of this ringworm business. Can we just talk about the risk of secondary infection there? If you've just poured a hot pitch, which is not sterile, over your head, which is not sterile, and then you rip it off, leaving, ah, I can't even. It gets worse. So keep 
keep that brace position going, Kylie. God. They decided that radiotherapy in the late 19th century was the way to go. Unsurprising side effect, tumors. Lots and lots of head tumors. No kidding. Oh, I have something. I have something I can help. I've read about this. So, yeah. So, uh, as I've said, 20% of the population, ye old early 20th and late 19th century waves waves of immigration um, had a interesting ringworm flavor because, right, because it was so infectious and so visible. It was kind of, there was a lot of stigma. To, even now, if you get your kid gets ringworm, you're like, oh, God, dirty children. Whereas, in fact, I mean, you just can't, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to get it at some point. Right. So when people were trying to immigrate into the States, primarily Ellis Island, but also other entry points, um, if you were seen to have ringworm, you were actually pulled aside and lumped in with, um, and I quote, imbeciles, the feeble-minded, epileptics, the insane, and persons, affect, persons affect, afflicted with tuberculosis of the respiratory, intestinal, or genitourinary tracts. And um, if you had ringworm, you were labeled as undesirable or defective and effectively prohibited entry to the United States. Considering who's now in the White House, I find that ironic. But um, so, and because the treatment was pitch helmets at the time, uh, there wasn't really much that you could do to get rid of it. So then they decided, fine, there's a way around this. We'll just treat. And that was with the use of x-rays, um, which, as you've mentioned, tumors. So, so many. You were damned if you did and basically damned if you didn't as well. Uh, can you imagine? You have ringworm. Oh, you. you. It's, it's, it's kind of bullshit enough um, prohibiting people with epilepsy for example or tb entrance but like oh no you you're itchy you 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 go back to your you know village in the burning wreck that is late 19th century europe can you imagine jesus um it's also, it's it's often it's often used as a as a, like a social sort of distancing stigma you can like oh no a ringworm <laughs> they've got ringworm they're they're low ugh, they're horrible and dirty ringworm despite the fact that literally everyone ever has had ringworm at least once and that includes some people who think they're fancy oh my god um so treatment actually only really improved in 1958 but you're going to tell us oh, more about late. that is really late that's when literal guinea pigs were found to react positively to griseotholin an antifungal so 19... I mean, that's off the Korean War. Yeah, 1958. That's when this whole situation calms down. But I have two stories for you, Kylie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One super gross and one almost cheerful, actually. I'm listening. I'm going to give you the gross one first. Mm-hmm. So we have a Franciscan monk, Bartholomeus Anglicus. He taught at Magdeburg in Saxony, present-day Germany, in 1231. I'm listening. And in 1245, he wrote a textbook for his students, which is basically a summary of everyone else's thoughts, as far as I can tell. But it proved to be a the, the popular book. And this is the description I would like to share with you. Oh, maximum grossness, isn't it? (laughs) You can tell by the look on my face that it's going to get me. Real quick. I'm so squeamish about this kind of thing. (laughs) 
In children, the head is afflicted by a similar condition, which Constantine calls scale, and which we call grub. 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 The translators helpfully added in here in translator brackets, Tanea, that is a ringworm. Because like a grub, it eats away the surface of the scalp and clings to it inseparably. God. This affliction generates... It do, I mean, not a lie. This affliction generates a terrible itching, and when it is scratched, scales fall away. This affliction often happens to young children because of the abundant moisture and softness of their skin. Not wrong. And the fact that they eat more abundantly. That's wrong. As Constantine says, we cut back on their food. Nothing like starving a child. That seems like a brilliant idea. Yeah, well, you know, it cures all sorts of things, including life. (laughs) And when the underlying humor has diminished, apply ointment. Constantine says that the best remedy for nursing children is to open a vein behind the ear. What? Withdraw the blood. And then anoint the sore place with the extracted blood while it is still hot. They were waiting. Because when it penetrates, it breaks up and consumes the morbid matter. God, that's vile. I uh... Also, also, is, is taking lots of blood out of small children not very risky for the child? Just, I mean, the whole, his whole treatment is miserable. And this leads me on to the happy one. Oh, good. I need a happy so- one. <laughs> it's happy in two respects. First of all, I'm going to tell you the story of ancient archives, Kylie. Oh, you know I love an ancient archive. So there is a synagogue called the Ben Ezra Synagogue in Fustat, or Old Cairo. And there they have a Geniza, which is basically a, a storeroom for paper. Mm-hmm. And between 870 CE and the 19th century, every single piece of paper, be it uh, scholarly journal, sacred text, kiddies writing exercise, it all ended up in the Geniza. And because of the exceptionally dry climate, every single piece of paper survived. Wow. Is that not a mind-blowing repository? That is absolutely, and that was sort of, were they doing it to form an archive or were they just sort of, oh, we need to hang on to this, just hanging on to it as a matter of course? I think hanging on to it is a matter of course, but I stand under correction there. I, either way, that's amazing. Oh, my little It's so cool, right? Happy. That's so cool. So they have these materia med- wait, wrong way around. No, right way around. Materia medicas, which is basically like pharmacy prescriptions of like what do you give people for certain things? Yeah. And they have a treatment for Tinea of the scalp, and it is licorice root. Hey, yeah. Things do take a little bit of a sideways turn, though, because <laughs> worried now. the licorice root is also used for cleaning and treating the teeth. Fair. Okay. Yes. A cough. Good, yes. Aphrodisiac. Okay. Invalid diet. Skin yes. diseases such as freckles. Not a disease, but anyway, swiftly. Uh, chronic ulcers. Emenagogue. Oh. Um, and ex- like the expelling of the fetus. 
that I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I have heard of it being used as an antimicrobial. I, I can't speak to the efficaciousness of licorice on the last two. What is an amenagog? An amenagog brings on the menses, so basically will start your period. Oh. So there was one kind-ish treatment uh, before 1958, and that was licorice root, and that was in the Jewish community of Old Cairo. I mean, I can see licorice. I can see licorice work. Licorice root is nothing like licorice sweet, um, which I was quite disappointed to discover when I eventually found licorice root, and I was like, "What the fuck is this nonsense?" But um, it is a very potent herbal remedy for many things. It's quite widely used in, um, I think, Chinese traditional medicine, and possibly also Ayurved. If I'm not, I stand created on Ayurved, but I know it's in TCM. It's quite widely used. I don't know what they use it for. Um, I wonder if they use it for skin. I should have checked that, but I did not. Wow. Oh, well, let's go, you know, let's go back to Cairo. It sounds a lot nicer than having fucking boiling tar poured over your head. Something that is a part of a tarring and feathering punishment is also, lol, a medical cure. That doesn't seem right. I wonder, it doesn't seem right. I'm also kind of worrying because there's a thing called the carry-on, right? Which is when the, the fungus gets into like the subcutaneous layers and it forms like a spongy, abscessy type thing, mm-hmm. primarily on the scalp. And I'm just thinking... Brace yourselves for maximum ming. If you pour, if you pour, firstly, if you have that and then people are ripping out your hair, gah, ow, ah, I might be sick. But if you have that and somebody's just poured tar over your head and they take that off in two days, what is actually going to be left of that area? And, you know, I have studied a lot. I have studied a lot of diseases. I have read about things that involve vomit. I have read about things that involve diarrhea. I am not ordinarily squeamish about abscesses of what on that kind of thing, but ringworm made me want to hurl. And I don't know why, because it's objectively not that bad. But something about it just really makes my stomach roll. And it's not fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to hear about licorice root as one of the less nasty ass options in this whole treatment spectrum. Oh god. And now we just have a simple antifungal cream or oral antifungals and we're sorted. Or Yeah, so or fluconazole. We? Well, fluconazole will sort you out, right? That's used for, it's an antifungal which you can take orally or you can use an antifungal uh, cream which is usually an azole of some sort. So an imidazole, uh, you know, clotrimazole. I can't pronounce all of these. Myconazole is often used. You, can, you get zoles for a lot of... Um, sort of topical skin things because fungi, fungi are everywhere however if you are say a reddit user such as myself or you merely do not wish to fork out for going to the doctor possibly also such as myself then please let me not get a ringworm because this is going to end badly you will try all kinds of home remedies Ooh. you can just go to the pharmacy and be like what up i have a fungal infection can you give me the generic cream? And they will do it. Every woman I know that's had thrush has gone to the pharmacy and you have that sort of like, when you try and get the thrush cream, but then you always get the deaf pharmacist. <laughs> um, always, the pharmacy I go to, I haven't, you know, the pharmacy I go to has a particularly deaf pharmacist. And for some reason, the person in front of me always gets him. And they're always for something that they don't really want to announce to the entire oh my God. You know, queue. And he's like, uh, and um, your name? And you're like, we'll say it was me Kylie and he goes no your name Kylie and your name Kylie Kylie my name is Kylie and they're like okay surname you're like oh god my surname too okay and then he asks your address so you end up billing your name your surname and your address to like the pharmacy at large 
And then you've got to, for example, in my case, I usually just pick up my prescriptions, which are sort of boring and sort of non, nothing embarrassing really. But occasionally somebody has to get, you know, <laughs> I can't think of anything more fun, but yes, we've all been to the pharmacy and gotten generic, the generic antifungals. It's not that bad. I don't know why people don't do it. And I don't know what, why they do the following instead. So I went onto Reddit and I checked. Ooh. And one particular Reddit user who whose name I will not give is struck by an intractable case of what I shall call Tinea Cruris. Because he is a bodybuilder and got it at gym. And this man is trying his level best and has been trying his level best for months and months to get rid of it. And it just keeps sticking with him. It is the gift that keeps on giving. He has had an itchy undercarriage for like three or four months now. He has not been doing what you should do first, which is if you get diagnosed with ringworm, go to the fucking doctor and then wash everything you have worn or touched. Every towel, every face cloth, every throw away all your shower accessories, like your little scrubby things, chuck them out, burn them, buy new ones. You need cotton. He needs to wash every single thing he owns in really, really, really hot water with bleach, if possible. And then tumble dry it. Because that will kill the spores. Because otherwise they are extremely hard to kill. And they will live in your bed and in your underwear and in your tracksuit pants. And on your gym towels. And on your face cloths. I don't know if anybody else in the real world still uses face cloths. My mother does. Um, forever. Natural fibers are your friends. You need you need uh, fabrics that wick moisture away from the skin. And that allow air to circulate. So your little nylon powder posing pouch is a bad idea because that thing is crawling crawling with fungal spores which you need to get rid of but this poor bugger has not done these things well perhaps he has now i hope he has because he seemed very miserable but what he had tried oh dear. was bleach Woo! which is a bad plan not poor sodium hydrochloride which is i believe what most bleaches are made out of on your skin Especially if you have irritated skin, it's just going to irritate it more. Why would you do that? It'll kill it, sure, but you'll also end up with like burned skin, which is a whole separate set of issues and secondary infections that you hadn't taken into effect. He had also tried rubbing alcohol, equally bad plan, as well as um, peroxide, bad plan. Um, he had tried lemon juice, which just seems foolish in the extreme because acid and sugar, that's things on your skin aren't going to know what to do with all that sugar. Surely, gosh, what would anything do with sugar? Ooh. They would eat it and spread. Uh, he had tried clear nail polish. He had also mistakenly, because he hadn't read the person's um, answer properly, tried nail polish remover, which is acetone, <laughs> which is also a bad idea. I don't know how I, this this guy. I don't know. I don't know. I think if you've used bleach, acetone is not much of a mental leap for you. Um, I have seen other things like oh, just cover it in gasoline. What bad idea? I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you would do that. Gasoline. Oh, like it's not used in any sort of pharmaceutical application as far as I know. Petrol is used for one thing and one thing only. Combustion engines. And um, he had been considering a tanning bed. Now, a tanning bed, there is some evidence that it might work because the ultraviolet or the whatever the fuck it is on a tanning bed that burns the bejesus out of you makes you look leathery in your, when you're in your old age. <laughs> but I would not advocate a tanning bed. Man. What you could use is... You a, a, a stringent hygiene regime. Keep yourself clean. Keep yourself dry. Get a little bit of sun on the area, if at all possible, which is, I realize, tricky if it's your genitalia that are affected. 
Um, and, you know, just change your clothes, take the oral antifungal, use the cream, wash everything. You could, if you were bent on being a hippie, just you, you could use crushed garlic, you could use licorice, you could theoretically use turmeric and turn yourself yellow. Coconut oil in various combinations with other ingredients, you would smell like a Sunday lunch, but nevertheless. Apple cider vinegar, uh, if daubed gently on the area and allowed to dry, is supposed to work. I can confirm nothing. Tea tree. Oh, what? what is there anything tea tree can't cure? If in doubt, give tea tree a go. Yeah. And then um, oregano oil, apparently. Again, I didn't find all that much evidence for that. But guys, just go and get the oral antifungals and the creams. For- Medicine can help you. Medicine can help There's you. There's no need to DIY this. We've had centuries oh, of poor choices, poor medical treatment. Let's use the decades Pitch. that we've got. Pitch helmets, Laura. Pitch helmets. And x-rays. I know, that one I mean, really blew my mind. Worst possible treatment ever wait, so far in this series. Pitch helmet. Western pitch helmet. Western biomedicine has not covered itself in glory. A pitch, pitch, boiling pitch works really well if you have to have a field amputation in the Napoleonic Wars. Beyond that, go to the damn doctor. <laughs> in the 20th and 21st century, if you can help it. Try not to go before then. If you're sick in the 19th century, just die. It's safer. Yeah, probably quicker, easier, less painful. Certainly less painful. The treatment is, I mean, really, the treatment, bloodletting on a newborn child. Have they lost their minds? No, it's ridiculous. You'd think Marburg virus would make me lose hope in humankind, but really ringworm has done more for my, what's the word I'm looking for here? Misanthrop- misanthropy? 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 Than anything else we've covered today. I am a curmudgeon at the best of times, so and ringworm has turned me against my fellow humans. You fools. You utter, utter fools. I did not anticipate any of my feelings, thoughts. Not Every single thing that I read about ringworm was a surprise. The only thing I knew about ringworm going into this was that it wasn't a worm. The rest has all been a horrible, horrible bonbon of unfortunate information. Lovely listeners, should you have a topic, disease, disorder, etc. that you would love us to explore, please let us know. You can email us. us email us. <laughs> uh, that's Latin for email. Um, you can email us at thedreadedlurgypod at gmail.com. Or Instagram us. You can find us on Instagram at the dreaded Lurgy Pod, or on Twitter at at Lurgy Pod. Uh, we've got some quality content up there that is uh, show adjacent, so I strongly encourage a follow, a like, etc. At the moment, I'm doing a series on macabre body facts. Ooh, um, that's very on brand for us. I think they've made it. They started out as normal, but I made them macabre because that's where I am in my life right now, people. <laughs> So cool. listeners, yeah. that's us for that's us for this week. And um oh I have one more thing I want to say. This is about social media. To the person who commented on our Instagram telling them that some quack had spiritually guided them to be cured of herpes, you are a giant moron. <laughs> and you need to go and get tested because you have not been cured of herpes by that witch doctor. And I, I'm not using witch doctor. The, like, I do not refer to any sort of traditional medical practitioner of any kind. I refer to this person who has taken the money of gullible people and saying he's cured them of things which he has not cured them of. He is lying and he is stealing your money. Please, if you are listening, you know who you are. Go and get tested because you still have herpes. That man lied to you. 
do not be a gullible fool. Nobody is going to cure your herpes by praying. Okay? Not a thing. I am grumpy this week. And on that <laughs> note, I will say goodbye and leave Laura to be nice. And comforting <laughs> and have a beautiful week, listeners. We hope that you have found Ringworm as interesting and yet also disturbing as we have. We miss you. We love you. Give us a like, a listen. Give us a star, two stars, five stars even on Apple. Yes, please. And with that, we're out. Bye. Bye. Bye.